Welcome to the Revolutionary Stewardship Podcast. I'm your host, J.D. Shears, a pastor, certified kingdom advisor, certified stewardship instructor, and an investment advisor representative. We will be discussing topics such as biblically responsible investing, estate planning, and wealth transfer that will benefit you as an obedient steward. Christianity is revolutionary. Shouldn't your stewardship be as well? This broadcast is brought to you by the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Hello and thank you for listening to the Revolutionary Stewardship Podcast. My name is Jay Shures, a pastor and certified kingdom advisor. We appreciate the fact you're using wisdom from this podcast to facilitate better financial stewardship in your life. If you have questions about today's podcast, feel free to give me a call at 888-226-7614. You can also find our contact information at kingdomplanadvisory.com. If you actually visit the site, you can sign up for a free consultation, just block out a a, a an hour and we can have a pleasant chat about your your stewardship or any questions that you may have i want to move right into the subject so over the last several uh podcasts i have been <clears throat> creating or following through with a conversation called the final tithe the final tithe is a biblically responsible kingdom oriented way to do estate planning the first episode, and I encourage you to go back and listen to the last three or four, is that um, God owns it all. That is required before anything else is understood. Okay, God owns it all. And once we understand that, then, then estate planning with a non-secular viewpoint is much easier to, to establish. The next thing, the next podcast, I, I, I covered the topic of wills. Uh, then we talked about trusts. Then we talked about beneficiary designations uh, whether it be transfer on death payable on death or beneficiaries on qualified accounts life insurance annuities that type of thing today i want to talk about the tax efficiency of including the kingdom in your estate plan so fortunately or unfortunately everything in your life is tagged okay and that tag basically comes for, from your friend and mine, the Internal Revenue Service. So we title things as taxable or non-taxable, okay? Whether you're living or deceased. Things are, are uh, very uh, detailed uh, in regards to understanding uh, the tax event or tax consequence by doing things correctly or incorrectly. So let me, let me just briefly uh, go over some of the issues that we look at. First of all, <clears throat> non-qualified, non-qualified investment accounts, so basically stocks, bonds, mutual funds, all right, are considered non-taxable because you have paid tax, either a 1099 dividend or 1099 interest uh, throughout that, that calendar year. So you get a 1099 at the end of the year if any dividends or interest or coupons have been paid. Okay. If there is appreciation, okay, appreciation of that security, and we're, we see that often now. So when I say appreciation, I'm talking about if you paid $1,000 for a bond and at your death it's worth $1,200, what happens to that $200 of gain? Well, your beneficiaries would receive a step up, which means they inherit it at basically the median price. And it, it gets a little detailed, um, but basically the, the 
the price of the share or the price of the bond at your death, the day of your death. So if it's if there's a twelve hundred or $200 increase, you're living, breathing human being, family members, friends, whoever it may be. I'm not talking about entities. I'm not talking about charitable organizations. I'm talking about spouse. I'm talking about children, grandchildren, nieces, nephews, aunts, uncles, whoever would normally get a step up, which means they inherit it at the price that it was established on the date of your death. Now, if they sold it immediately, all right, which it, it's not easy to do. Uh, I mean, we have to do transfer of, of uh, um, the assets, that type of thing. But within a relatively short time period, let's say 30 days, let's say that it, it, it didn't increase. It just pretty much stayed the same. That would be basically a non-taxable transfer on your death. So when we're looking at things to give family members, that is one area that we look. Same thing with real estate. We don't want to give real estate away while you're living if it is uh, has some serious appreciation to it. <clears throat> Around here, you know, many farmers bought a, a block of 40 acres for a few hundred bucks back in the late 30s and, and 40s. Okay, uh, that ground is now worth about $12,000 an acre. If they gave that away while they're living, their their heirs, their their beneficiaries. Uh, would would assume the cost basis of what they paid for it. That's a really bad planning technique. Wherein real estate is just like stocks, bonds, mutual funds on the non-qualified side, they would receive a step up. So if grandpa paid a dollar an acre and you inherited it at $12,000 an acre, it is a non-taxable event. All right, you don't pay tax when you inherit it. And if you sold it within a, a relatively short time period and you, there was no additional appreciation, it would basically be a non-taxable event. Now, let's say that you inherited it at $10,000 an acre. And by the time the estate settled, it was worth $12,000 an acre. You would have a capital appreciation of $2,000. Okay. So it can be a taxable event depending on when you sell it. But it is, you inherit at the new step up price. You don't inherit you, you're the deceased uh, uh, um, person's uh, cost basis unless they give it to you while they're living. And that, like I said, is a really terrible idea. Um, I, I have done somersaults, backflips, jumped off of buildings to stop people from doing that. Because they, just, they think, well, if I give it to my kids, then the nursing home can't get it. Well, that's bad planning. Because your kids um, are, are going to pay a massive amount of tax when they sell it. And they're going to sell it. Unless it's a family farm. But I'm telling you, 25 years as a financial planner, it's going to get sold. So give them a step up when you do that. Same thing with, with checking accounts, savings account, money markets. You're paying tax if there's any interest on that as uh, throughout the, the, the year. Uh, it's pretty much a non-taxable transfer of assets. Here's where the, the, the trouble shows its face. Um, non-qualified annuities. All right, so taxes are deferred on non-qualified annuity, annuities for the owner, okay? Owner, normally an, an owner slash annuitant. So let's say that you, you had a $100,000 deposit. Uh, well, we don't really call them deposits. A payment into, a pre, actually a premium payment into 
a non-qualified annuity. Non-qualified basically means it's not an IRA, it's not a Roth, it's not a SEP, it's not a simple, it's none of those things. Non-qualified annuity. And let's say that you did not draw income from it and the annuity appreciated $50,000. At your death, at your death, you're passing on $50,000 of, of, of taxable consequence. Not capital gain, okay? Not capital gain, ordinary income. It's taxed as ordinary income. Um, annuities should not be a saving, this is my opinion, okay? My opinion. Should not be used to establish an inheritance for uh, your beneficiaries. I just really don't. Yeah, you get the benefit of not paying tax on it throughout your, your lifetime. Uh, but someone's going to pay ordinary income tax on it. And uh, it may bump them into another tax bracket. I mean, it's just, it just kind of gets ugly. Once again, I use annuities. But I really like an annuity for income. Whether it be a single premium immediate annuity or something with an income benefit. I, I don't. I personally don't like to accumulate in an annuity because the taxable event is is, is kind of ugly uh, when you pass that on. Now, can you do that? I'm talking about living, breathing people. To a charitable organization, different. All right, different. Now, let's talk about IRAs, 401ks, 403bs, 457 plans, basically retirement plans. Those things have not had taxes paid on them. All right. So your 401k, you're probably the most prevalent uh, savings vehicle in the United States today. Uh, sometimes I would say second in line is probably 403s because we're looking at teach, uh, uh, education, healthcare, clergy. 457s, uh, probably number two or number three. Uh, that's uh, municipalities, state employees, government employees are in 457s. When you pass away and and let's say it goes to your spouse, your spouse is going to probably going to continue to take income from that retirement plan and the second person to die, so the, the, the husband passes, the wife passes, now the kids are going to get it. I'm, I'm just assuming, okay, kids or grandkids, whoever it is, living, breathing person. That's a 100% taxable event. 100% taxable event. Now, things have changed. Used to, you could take it over a lifetime. Um, if Let's say you were a grandchild. And you said, I don't want to pay all the taxes on that. Uh, up until last year, you could take it over a lifetime. Uh, basically, if, if there was an RMD that was being uh, grandma or grandpa or mom or dad had uh, or were past age of 70 and a half and there was requirement of distributions, you basically took that based on your current age. That's that's no longer an option, okay? Um, the IRS wants you to take that money out, um, and and you know it's either going to be lump sum or before the end of a ten year period is kind of the length uh, of of that that issue. So, <clears throat> what is or are retirement plans a good option for leaving money to living, breathing, you know? Sons, daughters, grandchildren, nieces. Is that a good option? Not the best option. Not the best option. Now, here's the cool thing. <clears throat> right now, so in 2021, 
if you would designate a portion or all of your uh, retirement accounts to a charity, it's a non-taxable event to the charity. All right, it has to be illegal. You know, it just can't be. You can't just say, "Oh, my kid's a charity now." No, it, you know, it has to be a, a five hundred uh, three um, or a, a, a charitable organization, five hundred one uh, charitable. So, anyways, I mean, there are different charitable organizations, but um, if you did that, you know, let me let me back up. I'm going to make this simple. So, if you came to me and you said, "Jay," You know, I, I really, I really understand and, and believe um, uh, what you're you're talking about. The final tithe. I want to leave ten or fifteen percent uh, to the kingdom, uh, charitable organization, the church, the cemetery, whatever. I want to leave ten percent at at our passing. So, husband and wife pass. We will leave ten percent to the kingdom. How do we do that? The first place I would look to do that is your retirement accounts. Because if Johnny or Jill inherit that, they're going to pay tax on it. If if uh, First Baptist Church on Fourth and Vine inherit it, they're not going to pay tax on it. So you're literally passing along out of your estate a dollar for a dollar. If you said, "Well, all you know, I, I've got this retirement plan and I've got life insurance. What what do I leave the life insurance to the charity? No, no, that is not your first choice." Life insurance is a non-taxable event, tax-free uh, right now, and I know Congress is is a, they they really don't like that, um, but right now it's it's a non-taxable benefit. So if you if you were dividing things up, you say, okay, I've got a hundred thousand dollar life insurance policy, you know, I've got fifty thousand dollars in this retirement plan, I want to leave ten percent to the kingdom. Well, take fifteen thousand out of your IRA to leave to whatever charitable organization you want to leave it to. Uh, and then the the other hundred and thirty five thousand would be life insurance and uh, the qualified account. Uh, but do you understand what I'm I'm trying to pass along here? Uh, it, it's not um, a thing. And here here's the common thing that I see is that the beneficiary designations are the exact same percentage on all assets. So the IRA, the 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 annuity, the life insurance, all have. Uh, you know, 15%, uh, 10%, uh, all going to the same people. You know, the, the, if you took a picture, all the beneficiary designations are identical on all the the different types of accounts. And that's probably not a really good idea. We, we should load up on the non-taxable money that go to people who are going to pay taxes. And then we pass along money that would have been taxable to a charitable organization so that it's not taxable. Listen, I'm going to give you a disclosure slash disclaimer here. When we, when we do estate planning or tax efficient estate planning, especially when we include the kingdom, there's usually two or three of us involved. Okay. Myself, uh, an estate planning attorney and possibly a CPA, possibly a CPA. Um, at the bare minimum, at the bare minimum, we're talking about a state planning attorney and your financial planner. Uh, between the two, you get it figured out as far as tax efficient planning. But once again, everything has a tag: taxable, non-taxable. All right, taxable, non-taxable. Um, and you, you your uh, beneficiary designations 
should, if we do tax-efficient planning, should line up with those tags. Taxable, non-taxable. We've got to be efficient. We've got to, we have to, to be good stewards in the planning of your estate and, and, uh, you know, pass things along uh, accordingly. Um, the same thing with wealth transfer. Wealth transfer happens while you're living. You know, uh, as, as we see, even non-qualified accounts have a pretty massive uh, uh, capital appreciation that we can give away um, to charitable organizations some of that stuff that's appreciated by 15, 20, 25, 30% over the last few years, and it would be a non-taxable event. Uh, or you just wait until you die and pass it along, right? Uh, but when we're looking at wealth transfer and estate planning with a non-secular, biblical, kingdom-oriented world uh, view, uh, all those things come into play. So I hope I didn't confuse you. I know that's a, there's, there's a lot of moving parts, but the, the reality is this. We can include the kingdom. We should include the kingdom in our estate plan. But how we do that requires some research. How we do that make, is making sure that we hire the right professionals to do that. If you have questions about tax-efficient planning, including the kingdom in your estate plan, just reach out and give me a call. Um, I'll work with your, your present attorney, or if you need uh, uh, recommendations, I can recommend an attorney in your uh, geographically, hopefully someone that's relatively close, uh, be happy to do that. But you can call uh, the office here, uh, Kingdom Plan Advisory Group at 888-226-7614. You can find our contact information at kingdomplanadvisory.com, kingdomplanadvisory.com. Once again, you know, if, if you are confused after this podcast, I apologize. The reality is you, your estate must be reviewed. Okay, and and don't just take the advice that I gave you on here today and, and go out and make a bunch of decisions. Don't do that. Don't do that. It needs to be reviewed and for tax efficiency um, and and response. You know, being an obedient steward, responsible steward. There's a lot of criteria that need to be checked off. So I'll be happy to help you. Uh, once again, if you, if you want me to work with your CPA, your attorney, and to bring in the kingdom oriented. Uh, final tithe approach, I'd be happy to do that as well. So God bless, and I hope to talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Revolutionary Stewardship. I encourage you to visit kingdomplanadvisory.com to read our latest articles and sign up for our monthly newsletter. If you would like to arrange a free stewardship consultation, please schedule on our website, or you may call 888-226-7614. Securities offered through Vanderbilt Securities, LLC, member FINRA, SIPC, and registered with MSRB. Advisory services offered through Vanderbilt Advisory Services. God bless.